Welcome to Wisdom from the Mountain, a podcast about intuition, spirituality, and following your path. I'm your host, Tara Alexandria. I'm a psychic medium, intuitive guide, and healer. I'm here to support you to live from your intuition and find true healing and authentic growth. Thank you for being here and for your willingness to live your best life for yourself and for the world around you. This episode is episode one of Wisdom from the Mountain. I've really wanted to create this for a little over a year now, and I'm finally doing so after a lot of just mental procrastination. So I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for listening today. I appreciate you. And with this first episode, I thought I would just give you a little bit of information about why why I created this. So for me, all of us are on this um, spiritual journey, every single one of us. And I believe that we are here to learn. I believe that we're here to grow. I believe that we all have this path that is unfolding and we are living our life in such a way where we are co-creators. We are co-creating our life with the universe, with God, with spirit, whatever your word is, you can insert there. And I feel that there's a lot of misunderstanding sometimes that we can kind of be a really spiritual person or be on this beautiful path of manifestation and our lives should just be simple or just Um, just work in a way that we almost don't need to work at all at it. Um, And what I have found is that even when we live this like really deeply connected to spirit kind of life, we all have these bigger stories, bigger narratives of what got us where. And that's kind of what I want to dive into, in particular with my guests on this podcast. So I want to hear from people about what prompted them, what that inner voice was, how it showed up to start drawing them forward into their path, into what they felt they were here to be doing, um, into this sense of being really themselves And I feel that for so many of us, we look at other people and we feel that they, they know where they're going or they know what they're doing on a level that we don't. But if we actually listen to their stories, we often find out that we actually know more than we do. And we can really connect to some people's stories over others, obviously but it's really important to hear them and it's really important to understand the signs that we get when we start listening to our inner voice the way that the breadcrumbs on our life path are kind of leading us forward what kinds of things are going to show up for us to say oh okay i'm on the right path i'm you know following my own spirit my own divinity 
And in this first episode, I also wanted to share a bit with you about myself. I wanted to tell you a bit about my journey that I don't talk about very much and um, really share the foundations of who I am and what I do, at least at this moment, kind of what my story is. I started out my spiritual journey a very long time ago. As I said before, we're all living out our spiritual journey, but whether or not we label it as spiritual or not usually depends on our level of um, whether or not we feel faithful or like we're connecting to the divine. So for me, the conscious act of connecting to spirit started at age four. And that is no joke. Like I literally would like lay down to meditate with my grandma at four years old. So it was a very um, tangible, um, very real way of me knowing that I was getting in connection with that thing outside of myself, that force. And my journey started so long ago because my grandmother was a healer and a psychic medium and she owned her own practice. And so I grew up with at least the knowledge that someone was doing that kind of work. It still didn't seem very valid for me for many years, which is what I'll get into in a moment. But another reason that it became so potent for me, really understanding my connection and actually going through the act of connecting with spirit and connecting with this larger understanding that my life path had a framework happened because when I was little, I was hit by a car at age eight. I had open heart surgery at age 13 and I had a pretty bad bike accident at age 20. And these different accidents really marked moments in my life where I dove into my own healing, not by choice, but because I was in pain and because my grandmother would usually be helping me, would be helping to like guide me through those um, often dark or just difficult moments. And I had a lot of um, like caretakers around me just kind of directing me and showing me how to um, move through what I was going through. And each time I had one of these um, physical traumas, I actually ended up in a space where I was seeing more and hearing more and feeling more from spirit, from the spirit world. And my connection was growing. I sincerely believe that my abilities were strengthening at those times um, for whatever the reason is. Um, that is the truth for me of what was happening. I have several theories on that. I think that sometimes the veil becomes thinner when we experience physical trauma. In I believe two of those um, physical uh, events, I uh, essentially died. I, I believe that I crossed to the other side and came back. And so um, in across cultures for um, uh, shamanistic beliefs, it's believed that a shaman is not 
a shaman because of their lineage generally, generally, but because of their experiences, because they cross over in some way and then come back. And therefore the veil for them is, is um, something that they have a bridge through so that they can kind of reach into spirit and feel and hear and see into spirit and get the answers that so many of us need to be brought onto the side. So um, that's just a little bit of what I believe about why those um, physical events happened to me. And I will say that it's been a bit of a journey to move away from the the idea of the wounded healer. And if you're familiar with the idea of the wounded healer, it's simply that the wounded healer becomes a healer because of their experiences, because of their crossing over or because of their pain, they then know how to heal. I don't want to carry that belief that in order to heal, we must be hurt or in order to create, we must um, have pain. But I don't disbelieve that um, those events in my life were huge catalysts for why I came into my abilities at a very young age and um, probably could have been doing this as work at a very young age. But nonetheless, I did not move into um, working in this way. I really, um, I really pushed it away from me. I really felt like I couldn't tell people that I thought I was psychic. I thought that they would think that I had some kind of a mental problem. And there was, there was a lot of fear there. And I didn't even realize that it was fear. I couldn't have labeled it as that. I just wanted to keep it quieter and to myself. And maybe I would discuss that I was spiritual with some of my friends, but it took a long time for me to be like, yeah, I'm a healer. I'm a psychic medium. I can talk to the other side. And what really started to um, move me along my path, in my opinion, when I say this, um, I simply mean into the work I'm doing now and into what I feel is most aligned work for me most aligned um, processes for me, ways of being and ways of serving the planet, ways of showing up in my strongest abilities. So that's what I'm really specifically referring to, because as I said before, I believe we're all always on our path, even when we're making quote wrong decisions, or we are um, just in a space where we're like, I really am not enjoying where I'm at. Um, we're probably still on our path. We're probably still learning something and um, learning those lessons is what then moves us into um, what we really feel that we should be doing or that we want to be doing. So as I left high school, I had this deep belief that I needed to have a normal job, normal life, according to just the basic blueprint that I had been shown my whole life that I had seen in society. And it really bothered me even imagining having that kind of a life. But I would tell myself, 
like just make the most of it. Like you can, you know, maybe kind of be the person you want to be for a little while and um, just get through a typical life. And so I studied things in college that really interested me. I studied art. I studied religion. I studied international studies, which is like sociology, a little bit of politics. Um, and those really opened up my world. But at the end of college, I was just feeling like everything I had studied, I didn't want to do anything with. And what I ended up doing was I, I felt this really deep call inside of me to travel. And I believe that travel is one of the highest and most important parts of my own path. I don't know why, but I just think it's important for my own soul's development. Um, and so I decided to travel to Spain and to finish up the Spanish minor I was working on. But as soon as I started enrolling in that and looking at that, I realized through, you know, guidance counselors and things that if I just went to Mexico the following year, I would actually have a Spanish degree because I'd really filled out a lot of the requirements. And to me, that was like spirit had been leading me the whole time toward completing my degree in this way. Um, but it was this really magical synchronistic thing that just showed up at the right time so that I could kind of pivot my path and, um, go in a different direction that felt more fulfilling to me. So I traveled a bit. And at this time in my life, I um, was still seeing my regular tarot reader who I see once a year, every year. Um, she lives in New Orleans and I've never been to New Orleans, but she works at an event in Ohio every year. And my mother and I go to see her. And she said to me around this time that I needed to study ancient medicine and to work toward becoming a healer. And I was really shocked and really like, um, I'm not going to do that. You have to be like 55 years old to be a healer because that was the belief I was carrying inside. My grandmother didn't really move into her healing work until she was about 50. And she mentioned acupuncture and meridians. And I was kind of like, okay, um, and about six months later, I saw another psychic um, and I'm not really, I've never been like psychic crazy. Like I need to go see a bunch of psychics all the time to figure out my life. I went to see them because I needed to see myself. I needed to see someone reflecting back at me what I was capable of. And I knew I was capable of what they were doing. I just wasn't able to enact it. I wasn't able to claim it as my own and to say, yeah, I can be that person. And so about six months later, I saw a psychic who said, you need to study acupuncture and like food medicine. And I was like, this is so wild. Like two people in the same year have told me this. This is so interesting. So I started looking into it and um, getting it for myself, for my own physical health. And um, I loved it immediately because of how it made me feel, because of how it shifted the pain levels in my body. I had really high pain levels um, for many, many years um, after my um, all my different physical traumas. So I'm sure that I will talk about that another time. So I will not linger over that. I will just say that I was in pain and that it helped me.
a lot on, um, of course, that physical pain level, but this really led into emotional changes that I didn't even know I could experience because I didn't know that my, a lot of my emotional problems were from my physical pain. I I did not um, have that level of understanding at that time. And so this um, beautiful alignment was happening for me where I knew that I needed to go study acupuncture. I could feel that these people were right um, that were counseling me around this. And so I finished up my um, degree in Spanish and I started preparing for my master's degree. I started preparing for um, where I would go and how I would be in that uh, space because I went through different relationships before actually leaving for California, which is where I eventually decided to go to school uh, in Los Angeles. And what was really amazing was that um, my life was kind of messy before I got to acupuncture school. And I didn't know that. I didn't realize that. Um, I had no sense of the bigger picture of my life most of the time. I didn't have a sense of myself and my own body and the healing that I needed. I was very uh, kind of just lost in this sense of, I just had this one pointed focus of ambition of where I needed to go next. And that was all that was driving me forward. It was the only force that was really moving me, which is fine sometimes. Um, But the reason that it's so amazing to me is because as soon as I got to school, I basically discovered meditation. It was not a conscious choice. It was not like I was like, I'm going to start a meditation practice now that I'm in LA. Um, It was this class that I signed up for that was focused on women's health. And it was a form of Qigong called Jade Woman. What I found in this practice, this is a physical movement practice for those of you that don't know. um, So I had no idea what Qigong was. Qigong is sort of like Tai Chi, which is a very, um, Tai Chi is like a slow movement art form and it is the basis of martial arts. They say in martial arts that if you practice um, Tai Chi or Qigong, you will be so strong because your Qi becomes concentrated, becomes so strong that it doesn't matter what size you are or what your, I guess, musculature is. It's the, it's the strength of the chi that you are cultivating, the energy that you're cultivating that is spiritual energy. And so it is the basis of martial arts. Um, it is not, it wasn't necessarily originally for, um, health in, in my, um, understanding. It was almost more for, strength because if you know anything about um like ancient uh chinese society it was a militaristic society so everything was really based around um the army it was it was all based around this um this the ideas of being strategic of being 
capable of being the best. And so um, Qigong, uh, many Qigong forms have been lost throughout the past many hundreds of years um, of that form of practice dying out because they were created for um, families or um, communities that would keep the secrets of Qigong, of, of their styles of Qigong. So I actually felt really lucky to learn this incredible um, art form from a woman named Helena Zhang in Los Angeles. And Jade Woman Qigong is all about the health of a woman's body. It's all about the health of the blood in the body and the health of the heart organ in Chinese medicine and something called the Shen. Those of you that have been with me for a long time will remember that I talk about the Shen a lot. The Shen is the mind spirit and the mind spirit in Chinese philosophy resides in the heart. And if you remember from my story earlier, I've had open heart surgery. So my actual heart has been cut open. And what I've learned and feel about myself since studying Chinese medicine is that this deeply affects the heart spirit. This deeply affects my sense of boundaries with other people because the pericardium was cut and the pericardium in Chinese medicine is very much about protecting the heart. Um, the pericardium protects the, is like the soldiers or the ministers that protect the emperor in Chinese philosophy. All of the words are based on uh, Chinese society, ancient Chinese society. Um, so over time, I will talk a lot about Chinese medicine and you will get a feel for it even if you don't ever dive deeply into it because I just love it and it's become a part of me through my studies. So this practice, this practice was essentially rebuilding my heart. It was rebuilding my spirit. It was rebuilding my connection with myself because Qigong is a meditation. It is, it might not be labeled meditation in all spaces, but it is meditation. And I began this practice. And when I started it, I would leave classes and I would be like, uh, am I like, high right now because I feel so good. And I never felt good back then. I had pain all of the time. And just so all of you know, I don't drink, I don't smoke. I've never been high except maybe on like medical drugs when I was young, but I'm even like allergic to those because I'm a Pisces rising and can't handle substances. But this feeling of this high just I felt so right in that space. And what I found out was that it was my connection to spirit, which is very strong. For those of you that have worked with me, you know that my communication level, my psychic level is very, very high. And so I was entering this state all the time that was very natural for me, but that I had never been really shown. My grandmother had practiced meditation, but it was more of the lay down and listen to a tape kind of meditation. She never taught me to be silent and with myself, and I wouldn't have known how to growing up. It would have been a very daunting practice, like it still is for many people. And so I've really gotten to the point in my story where I believe that I really started hearing my inner voice clearly. 
I really started understanding what was happening in my mind during meditation. I started understanding what I was here for. And I also started having this extreme calm about me that I had not ever cultivated. It was this new knowing that I was just fine, that I was safe no matter what was happening around me, that I was okay, and that I was doing the right thing, taking the next right step, which which is something I talk a lot about on Instagram and um, in my work, because that's often where we don't know what's going on. We don't um, know how to move. We get very comfortable in wherever we're at, whatever we're doing. And this kind of feeling settled over me. As soon as I would wake up, I would do my Qigong practice. It was about 45 minutes to an hour every single day. And then eventually I committed to an hour long practice for a year and a half. The reason I did this is because I was actually prescribed three years of it for an hour and a half in order to heal from my heart surgery. Um, A Qigong master kind of gave me that prescription. Um, One day I'm going to commit and return to that. But I did the year and a half and I believe that I can honestly say my pain levels fell during that year so much that I felt better by the time I was 27 than I had at 20 when I had this really bad accident. And then for years, I actually got worse and worse and worse. I did not get better. So that's really what I wanted to share with you today is kind of everything that led me to this point of when I started to be able to hear my inner voice and how. I do want to make something really clear here because I think that it's really easy for people to say, well, just meditate and just, you know, get in connection by doing what everyone else is doing. I don't necessarily think that's the way. Maybe I could be wrong. I could be so wrong right now. But the reason I want to make this distinction is because I think there are many ways to get into the flow of our life and feeling like ourselves. For me, it was meditation because I am a psychic medium person. I am connected to the other side in a way that is different. And meditation is is getting close to that side and sitting in that space of being connected to spirit. And other things didn't take me there. But I have known and grown up with people who just know who they are or who Um, are musicians. And when they first picked up their instrument, they just knew that it was right for them. Um, Friends who are singers who, who listened to music and they just knew what they liked and what they didn't like and what they wanted to create within themselves. And they knew how to dive into that vibe that was who they are at a very young age. For some people, they get really clear when they go running. I will not ever get clear going running. That is not my sense of being in the world. So to really bring it back to my introduction about what this podcast is about, it's about how everyone hears their inner voice differently. 
the people that I'm going to start out interviewing are of course just people I know. And over time, I want to expand it into people that I don't even know what they do with their life and don't know their background and history. So we can get into all these like juicy stories and understandings for ourselves so that when you're listening to these stories, you can think, wow, that's just like me or, well, that's not like me at all, but cool. Good for her. Good for him. And I just think it is such a beautiful gift to yourself to really tell yourself that you, your path, that you are different from everyone else. And that's why you have to find your own way to listen to your inner wisdom, to listen to your own guidance, to follow your own path, to live in alignment with your spirit, with your soul. Thank you so much for listening today. I appreciate you being here so much. I appreciate all the support I've had up until now. Everyone that I've shared this with, that I've told that I'm creating this, um, people that have helped me with the concepts and ideas just by listening to me talk. I love you all and I appreciate you so much. You have no idea. I hope that sharing my story gave you a little bit of insight or a little bit of understanding into who I am, but also into yourself or into your own story in some way, because I really believe that on our journey, there are all of these breadcrumbs that we are always following on this beautiful trail of our life that is just leading us forward in the right direction at all times. And it can really give us this sense that we're safe, that even though we don't know why something is happening at this time or in this year, there's a reason. And in the future, maybe we'll know and maybe we'll never know, but that's okay because we can keep moving forward and just making sure that we feel that we're moving toward our own feeling of rightness in the world of being on our own path and moving ourselves along toward our own destiny as co-creators. Thank you again so much for being here and I will talk to you soon. Bye.